Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I am joined by my sister Kay. We're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the fifth season of Arrow. Which necessitates spoiling all of Arrowverse and DC and all kinds of fun. Well, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, probably the Suicide Squad movie. Mm. Who knows what else. Uh, This season of Arrow, they went in a little bit of a different direction. They decided to do, for lack of a better term, a little universe building, building up a team. We got Ragman. We got, uh, finally, Mr. Terrific, although mm. Curtis had been in previous seasons. I like Curtis a lot. We got Wild Dog, which surprised me, although he was a fun character. He has had so few appearances in the DC Universe that uh, you really got to do a little bit of digging to, to know who he is. He was an interesting one to me because he was the new kid on the block. So in that respect, he was an entry point to the team, what the team does. But it also made it kind of hard to figure out, okay, what age group should I slot him into? Is he young 20s? Is he young 30s? What am I, where am I supposed to be thinking about him as being in life? Mm -hmm. And part of that was kind of the, okay, clearly he didn't come from a middle class traditional background. He's very rough around the edges, which gives him a bit of an edge in everything he does. But also when they brought him into the mayor's office, that was interesting. When they did that, and then the part that seemed a little off for me is the daughter seemed a little older Mm -hmm. than I would have expected. That was part of where I was still trying to align. Okay, what age group am I putting him in? And of course, you know, there are a lot of people from that type of, I didn't go off to college and then start my life background. They become fathers at 20. And the kid was more like eight. But that still puts him closer to 30 than I had been thinking at the beginning of the season. He comes across as a little younger, partially because of the rough around the edges, partially because he's a little bit short. Partially because of how he relates to Oliver and Diggle. Yeah. And Lance, for that matter. But putting him in the mayor's office with Lance was when that character went from, okay, I like having him here, to, yeah, you scored with this character. I'm glad you brought him in. They had a very good dynamic, those Mm -hmm. two. Yeah. And that was uh, enjoyable. I mean, these were all good additions. Ragman was another interesting choice. Well, and the backstory within this incarnation of the universe that they gave him really was powerful and resonated in terms of working with Felicity Mm -hmm. and the fact that decisions she had made had impacted him and his community in a negative way. Well, in a very decisive way, yeah. You know, and it wasn't something she had done out of maliciousness, but rather she had been trying to save millions of lives and intellectually he could grasp she was saving millions of lives but lives i cared about didn't get saved because that was all near the uh end of the previous season Mm -hmm. right yeah so having undertaking having some of the stuff carry over i don't think it was even the undertaking no it wasn't the undertaking we were damian dark stuff yeah we were at the underground city or whatever yeah sorry they had a bomb it got to go somewhere and it was pretty big bomb so she yeah, it was chose like, a smaller town. It had to go somewhere. Yeah, it was thirty or forty, and they they couldn't um, diffuse it or prevent yeah. it. It was in flight. The only thing they could do was convince it that the GPS target it had been assigned was like thirty miles away from where it thought it was. They could redirect it a little bit, but even then, they were kind of limited. Yeah, yeah. Who else did they have on the team? They had. Uh, what was the girl's name? Um, the one who became the traitor. Yes. If you said it, I would think of it, but you're not saying it, so I can't think of it. I'm blanking. I'd have to look it up. It was interesting when there was a uh, exchange at the end of the season, the finale that we just watched, with Deathstroke and her, because she was kind of sort of playing the role of Tara, 
from the Titans during the Judas contract of betraying the team. And he was who had, you know, uh, had her infiltrate the, t- the Terra, infiltrate the team in the comics. So uh, there was no connection between Deathstroke and uh, her here, but it was um, nice for them to acknowledge the uh, the source of the material. Well, it was interesting when she was telling Oliver, you know, what hoops has he put out that you haven't gone through? Yeah, there was a lot of just how much Ollie had been getting manipulated this season by Adrian Chase. And to me, that was one of the other things where I don't really feel they totally played fair because they had uh, the vigilante character that winds up just getting killed off. We never found out who he was or whatever. And in the comics, he is Adrian Chase. So when they bring this guy in at the beginning, and it was very clearly meant to, to misdirect. Mm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm sitting here saying, well, I know who this is. And of course, I did, but that's not the direction they went. Yeah. And having Adrian Chase uh, be an alias for Prometheus was an interesting choice and not a bad one. Uh, but that's a, a villain of the Justice League, uh, who's actually a comparatively recent villain having originated in, uh, I think, the 80s as just somebody who can just, you know, outthink or one-up the, uh, the the Justice League. Kind of an evil Batman, if you will. The character we couldn't think of was Evelyn Sharp, maybe? Yeah, did she have a hero name? Artemis. Artemis, that's right. Should have remembered that. From Young Justice. Okay. Um, Young Justice is another place they've taken inspiration for the various shows Miss Martian over in Supergirl mm. uh, came from there, among others. Um, so building up a, a mini quasi, not Justice League, but a team. Well, it was interesting because, all I mean, Oliver already had Team Arrow. It wasn't like he was building a team for the first time, but he was making a conscious decision or at least others around him were making a conscious decision, thou shalt have a team of heroes mm-hmm. and stuff. So this was the first time it was a deliberate effort, not people just kind of... Not accumulating, but actually yeah. forming and, and yeah. training a team. And it was interesting how it paralleled to what was going on in Russia, because it paralleled his joining the Bratva. Mm-hmm. And kind of the the only team building experience he had was with joining a mafia yeah it it showed some of the dysfunctional aspect of ollie and how to motivate people and whatnot yeah it was great it made for some very fun moments and some good parallels between the flashback stuff in russia and the current day stuff Mm -hmm. and you know it was uh they, they clearly write out the entire season they know a couple of places where it's like okay Here's some of the parallels. There were a few places we really didn't get much in the way of flashbacks because mm. they weren't needed and wouldn't really fit into those episodes. Uh, one of the ones that I did find interesting in terms of other characters they brought in, they did a really good job with the human target. Mm, yes, they did. Yeah, and what fascinated me there was him telling Oliver, you may not realize it, but you have this relationship with this person and this yeah. relationship with this person. Well, and Oliver coming out of that thinking somebody else is leading his life better than he does. Yes. Yeah. So there was that. You know, one of the characters that came in, I thought, I hoped they had a game plan for, and then she fell away before I expected her to, was the reporter girlfriend. Yeah, I expected her to try to reveal Ollie at some point, and... That was what they were definitely building towards at the beginning. Well, I think she was there as part of the misdirect and whatnot around Adrian Chase and all of that. I think it was a little bit that. I think it was a little bit, for lack of a better phrase, ripped from the headlines. You you can't trust the media, the fake media, the... I think that character was a chess piece in other characters' arcs. Uh, definitely a major one in Thea's arc. Yes. When Thea and Felicity destroy her and then... Uh, kind of salvage her career or whatnot but she was a a pawn in that almost every arc she was a part of was a actions have consequences arc yes well and it's funny because there were a few places where they were building up to that but i thought the consequences were kind of minor particularly felicity and um helix helix the hacker group 
I'm afraid Helix is coming back next season because we never saw the face of the person that she helped them break out as payment for something. Yeah. No, that definitely reeks. Well, and I expected that payoff this season. Yeah, so did I. But that reeks of something that'll carry over. I actually was afraid that it was going to turn out that that person was someone who was helping Chase in the finale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else it could be. They've already used Calculator as Felicity's father. And she would have obviously recognized or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was a good season. It was, again, a different season because of the team building. And not in a bad way. But Oliver, as that more senior hero. Well, I I thought that they had done a good arc with Evelyn up front of trying to help her heal mm-hmm. from what had happened to her parents. Trying to help her go from just being a vigilante out to knock heads where we'd seen her before to if you're going to wear the costume you're going to be a hero because it was because she had tried to be black canary when laurel died that we'd seen her before and that laurel's identity had been revealed it would be interesting to go back through the season and kind of you know knowing how things play out yeah knowing who the bad guys are and stuff like that a little clear up front to try to figure out what is their agenda and are they really sticking to it? When there came a point when it's, okay, she's now betrayed us, but I don't fully grasp why or how Chase lured her to his side. There are a number of things about Chase's grand plan that just seemed so drawn out. Yes. The, the way he deeply insinuates himself into Oliver's life which was uh, fairly contingent on Oliver becoming mayor. Mm -hmm. And he spent years preparing for this. Well, in a way that had no sensibility to it. Well, I mean... It it would take years to get into this position to be the, the district attorney or whatever. Yet that was long before there was any inkling that Oliver would have anything in terms of any level of public responsibility. True. Because he would have planning for this when we saw Oliver acting drunk at a a unveiling or groundbreaking of something for the company or something. Well, and I was thinking in terms of the training by Talia. Yeah. I never understood why Talia was in Russia. Neither did I. Well, she was recruiting Oliver. But that was never... Why did she go there and recruit him? Because he was going to be a thorn in her father's side and she was trying to set that up, I think. She was... He was a tool she could use. I guess I'd need to see the timeline divvied out because some of this is over a 10-year period. True, but I guess my thinking is if she is training him towards being a thorn in her father's side, why is her whole vengeance plan based on the fact that you killed my father? Fair point. There were several characters that I didn't fully follow their motives or what... What's I, driving them? I would need to rewatch the scene when we first get uh, Lexa Doig as, uh, as Talia. She did a great job, mm-hmm. um, but I'd need to, to go rewatch that to understand her motivation and then put that into the context of that's five years back versus the other timeline of everything going out and then also figure out where in first season or whatever Oliver killed uh, Chase's father to, to set up that yeah. timeline. Well, and when Lex's uh, Talia found Oliver in Russia and decided to complete his training, if you will, she already knew about his dad's book with the names. Yeah, there's something, some information missing. Mm -hmm. And you could cheat and say that Sarah had let a little too much slip in the past from Legends of Tomorrow, but now you're having to go out of this series to kind of explain stuff away. Even if you do that, it was said to Raza Ghoul, and while we maybe saw Talia as a tiny kid in the background. No, I agree. She would have had, Sarah Lance would have had to have said a lot more to to, to Raz that he then told Talia to, I mean, it, yeah. it's convoluted. Yeah. There were enough things like that where some of the motivations were a little unclear and some of the, okay, so, so you planned what? When? Yeah. That it it was fun to watch, it held together as I watched it, but if I were to go back and try to ascribe motives and pre-planning to some of these characters, it would be a little hard to go do. I mean, I don't know the 
technical psychological terminology for Adrian Chase, other than to say, you know, he's a psychopathic Looney Tune. But for me, that seemed to sum up the character for probably half the season, as long as... High-functioning sociopath, probably, but something of that sort. Yeah. I guess I I don't get why he was so long and drawn out about the whole process to the point of, you know, framing Arrow for murder. Well, he felt that the Arrow had destroyed his life, taken from him the chance to get a relationship with his father. I mean, everything bad in his past, he decided was the Arrow's fault. No, I get that. I just don't get why he was so long and drawn out about the uh, revenge. He wanted Arrow and Oliver to suffer the same way he had, and to know it was because of him. That suffering could have happened in the span of an evening where, with no warning, you know, all of Oliver's friends and family get taken out. I agree. I mean, a coordinated strike versus a, yeah. let's let's buddy up to the guy and let this play out over the course of nine months. Well, and I, well, he wanted Oliver to feel betrayed. That came out with the, Chase was the one who said, I don't think we should reveal that the arrow was the one who killed the detective because he was dressed up like Prometheus. Uh, and the arrow couldn't uh, see the gag and everything. The whole aspect of the betrayal, you know, getting uh, Artemis to infiltrate the team and all of that. Mm -hmm. But how did he get into the right place at the right time to do any of that, much less all of that? Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I mean, to the point of of ludicrousness in the finale, when he's rigged the entire island of Lian Yu with bombs. I mean... Yeah, well, we decided to agree that maybe Argus had, you know, since they were using it as, as a prison, had put some of the bombs there. Though how he got control, who Think knows? Think about this. Somebody steps on a landmine, later on that blows up. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if the entire island had been rigged with explosives... We do not believe in the domino theory, I'm sorry. It just seems like it should have happened. Boom, boom, and then <laughs> just concentric circles going out or something. Spoil sport. Just trying to wreck their clever plan. I mean, it's, it was clear that, you know, this concluded the five-year arc. Mm. We did get the uh, run for the boat bit at the finale that I had expected. Yeah. And it kind of played out. The whole putting on the beard and the wig and stuff, not so much. But he had to look like how he looked, so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and we got the uh, explanation that he wasn't the one who thought of it. That uh, yeah. the Russian friend had, you know, been watching his back. Figured all that out and stuff. But mm-hmm. to be done with the island to the point of, of blowing it all up uh, the way they did, I mean, they're going to have to go back to the island at least next season to, to resolve a few things. Uh, and at least if it's leveled or if it's still standing as an island. And it was just a little ludicrous. And also seeing a few places that we'd never seen on the island before, yeah. Even though it had been a fairly well-traveled island. Yeah. So, and it's funny because the architecture in uh, one or two of those buildings seemed very much like a uh, League of Assassins. I was saying that too. Sort of a building, which yeah. again... How did you not notice that three-story monastery in the center of the island? Yeah, and it mean, sticks up above the treetops. Yeah, you, know. you had time. Yeah. Well, and it should have been visible from half the island. But it also reminded me of uh, wherever it was. I guess that was still on the island where they had found whatever mystic totem Mm. that uh, Constantine had swung by for last season. Yeah. So there was some definite parallels there. Mm -hmm. Good season. Um, Certainly a probably the biggest threat or most serious threat I think Arrow had faced. Yeah. Damien Dark was a a little more theatrical, a little more powerful, but not to the point of really pulling the strings on Ollie the entire season. Well, I was going to say, you know, you're not paranoid if you're right. And it would be interesting to have seen a season with Damian Dark and Adrian Chase as a team. Yeah. Because if they could have worked together, and presumably they could not, but if they could have, power brains... Yeah. I mean, that's another person they should have pulled into the Legion of Doom. But you you need a, a third person for balance to bring sanity to Adrian Chase. And that's actually, and I think Talia was allegedly that force in the background. Uh, you know who I would have brought in for that? Hmm. Calculator. Oh, yeah. Because you have somebody who's the science guy. Uh, Damien becomes kind of the magic guy. Mm-hmm. 
you've got the grand planner or whatever in, in Prometheus. Mm. Yeah. So a couple of different directions they could have gone. Finally seeing the T spheres was fun. Uh when they're uh when Ollie and Felicity are trapped in the bunker and an EMP hits it and her legs go out because of the implant. Yeah. Nice. Very quickly and easily fixed, of course. A little disappointing with that. What got me was that they have one of the wheelchairs still down there. I was less surprised by that than no comment of, I told you to get rid of that and I never wanted to see that again. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's There was some opportunities for some dialogue there. Um, the team kind of celebrating that they had solved this year's crisis in episode or two too early. <laughs> yes. Kind of fun. Yeah. Again, some good character moments and what uh, whatnot uh lance quentin uh kind of dealing with his drinking and so forth uh, early in the season was well done and having to deal with a uh, black canary coming back from earth too mm-hmm. unbeknownst to him black siren black yeah. siren sorry yes and uh the interaction with thea and quentin i thought was really good yeah so there were a lot of very good character moments thea kind of again vanishing for part of the season worked was legit felt mm-hmm sort of natural well it's interesting because so often they set up thea is having a stronger and better father-daughter relationship with quentin lance mm-hmm. than with malcolm merlin she's known each of them probably as long or almost as long because we know quentin lance goes back to when uh, laurel and ollie were in school together and sarah yeah, yeah. You know, so that's why he was coming around as one of the other parents and stuff. But Thea was the one who shows up at his apartment, mm-hmm. you know, and it's when a friend drops off the grid, you don't just say, oh, well, they must be busy. I f- I'll just, you know, forget about them till they think about me. You show up at their apartment, knock on the door and say, hey, I want to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that stuff was beautifully done. Well, it was interesting because... Quentin was almost in the child position of that relationship. Mm-hmm. But it was very much also the father figure for um, Renee, Wild Dog. Yeah. And yeah. stuff. So they, they flip the relationships a little bit here and there. Yeah. And there's a not just a, well, this is the father figure for everybody kind of yeah. simplicity. Well, when he was talking to Renee about Renee's daughter and Quentin saying, you know, someone with... Two daughters who've passed away, someone who would give anything yeah. to have one more day with my child, that you're not fighting for even one more day with your child. They did quite a bit with uh, the wild dog character, more than I think there was source material to justify. Well, and I loved that it was Curtis who had found out what was going on with wild dog and had offered, you know, we can help you get a lawyer. We can help you do this. We're here for you. You're not alone. Well, but there were also times Diggle was kind of that mentor or whatever for wild dog. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's enough of those different relationships that when they need to go in a particular direction with a character, it's, well, this is the other one that needs to have that discussion with them. So it can take this tone versus this other tone. Well, and I think it was early in the season when Diggle was just beating up on every piece of workout equipment because it wasn't safe to go to his son's birthday party. Mm -hmm. And it was Wild Dog who understood that pain and what it meant. And this was long before we understood why he would understand that other than as a son. Mm -hmm. And so not only did he make arrangements for uh, Lila to bring JJ by, but he made sure that there was balloons and a birthday cake and yeah. a little fun for the arrival. He was doing the, the dad thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when we began to see, okay, there's more to this character than we realized. And I think that's one of the things I like about so many of these characters is they've got complexities. They've got depths. Well, they've got problems. They've got mm. uh, a changing status quo. Curtis would agree with you. They've got problems. Curtis... uh Breaking up with his husband and stuff. I'd reverse the phrasing of that. Yes, the husband broke up with Curtis. But yeah. either way, they broke up. Well, but well, and Curtis is almost, oh, he's coming to get back together yeah. with me. 
as he gets the divorce papers. Well, Curtis is the optimist. Curtis is so happy, relieved, and excited all at once that he has finally found a way to contribute, to be doing something wonderful and good. And his husband's response to that is to divorce him. Well, it's funny because Curtis is almost everything that a few seasons back we would have described Felicity as. Yeah. And that's why those two characters get along so well. Well, and it's funny, though, because Felicity has an inner strength, an inner core, and an inner wisdom Mm -hmm. that we have not yet really seen out of Curtis much. Yeah. It's, It's there, but it only comes out on occasion. But, you know, Curtis was the one who designed the implant for her spine without really talking to her about what he was doing because he didn't want to give her false hope. Yeah, but that's different than the way, like, Felicity's kind of cluing certain other people in as to, you're messing up this way, here's what you need to go do. True. Which she mainly does for Ollie, but we get some of that with some of the other characters. True. They've, again, do really well with, I think, the team dynamic. Mm -hmm. For a while, we had campaign headquarters and... The bunker underneath. Yeah, I was going to say, what should I call it? Arrow Cave? I mean, no, the bunker is what I think they call it. You know, uh, then we moved into the mayor's office. Yeah. And we still, still had the bunker. Yeah. Um, Nobody lives at home anymore. I was going to say, we occasionally see Felicity's apartment, which was Ollie's apartment after it was Thea's apartment. It's kind of. Oh, you know, right, right, right. The loft. Yeah, the revolving apartment. Yeah. We saw Quentin's place a time or two, mm-hmm. but and uh, Wild Dogs. Yeah, and we saw Diggles. Diggles a few times. Yeah, because he had some marital troubles when he found out his wife wasn't perfect. Well, it was also kind of fun when the team stops by for a visit, and they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't interrupt. <laughs> well, as I recall, we could hear them outside the door after mm-hmm. they knocked him, but we can hear them arguing. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. What was your take on the new Black Canary that was introduced? Uh, Dinah. Yeah. Dinah. Aspects of her I kind of like. The the former undercover cop who's mm-hmm. now a metahuman who's trying to figure out and navigate, okay, what does that mean I am now? That, that to me was kind of interesting. It gave us our inside person on the police force again. Well, it was funny because she so takes the the Laurel Lance role in different ways. Mm-hmm. She's gotten into the police, but not the way Laurel did. She's Black Canary, but not the way Laurel was. Mm-hmm. And she's got a voice of experience, but not the way Laurel does. Yeah. You know, Laurel was the, the one with the inside knowledge sometimes on Ollie and whatnot, and uh, Dinah's the newest one to the team. Yeah. It was an interesting replacement, and I'm unclear as to what motivated that and why they, they kind of went in that direction. You know, when uh, Laurel died, I was really hoping that, you know, that was a... Fake out Damien Dark. I was expecting that, yeah. But that's not the way they went. Clearly, they're still on good terms with the actress because she's shown up as Black Siren both here and on The Flash. Mm -hmm. So, I... I mean, I've seen stuff online. People really like the the Earth 2 character that came over. They think it's more fun, more interesting. I miss the one we knew. I don't feel that... Black Siren has any particular flair to her or whatever that sometimes when we get the evil version of an established character. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much of that is just the writing didn't really pop or how much yeah. of it the delivery didn't really pop. Yeah, well, and I think part of why the character feels flatter to me than the Laurel we spent four years getting to know is the fact that I have four seasons of knowing that character, of her building and evolving and a larger knowledge base about yeah. that character. Whereas I've seen so little of this one that even when she had what seemed like a good scene with Quentin Lance trying to connect with her and that's, oh, nope, never mind. You didn't connect with me. And she just walks right out. Yeah. There was an aspect of, is it that the character didn't know what to do there or mm-hmm. the writers, you know what yeah. I mean? It's Well, it would have been interesting to me if it had been a i didn't have a father like you i don't know what relationship you had with your laurel but well i don't know how to do this that's the sort of thing i think that was missing with black siren is there is no heavily implied backstory for her yeah as to was her father a 
cop? Was her father a criminal? Was her father around? Yeah. Was she mainly with mom? Did she have a s- sister, Sarah? I mean, well, how e- was her life the same? How was it different? Well, even if she had just said, you know, you're acting like you're different than the falling down drunk that raised me. Mm-hmm. That would have been a line loaded with information of there's a lot of common baggage, but you've dealt with it in a whole different way than the Earth 2 self. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that we never really got hints of that was a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. And it's a little surprising given kind of how fleshed out most of the characters are, how they've got those nuances, how they've got that. Granted, she was only a recurring character versus one of the regulars, but when they can start to add that level of depth to all of the characters mm-hmm. is when you start to get a really fleshed out Well, I world. think I think that's where she and Talia both just, for me, fell a bit short. Yeah, I think getting a better sense of Talia's history, and this is the sort of thing some other shows do a lot better, where we've got a character, we've seen them for a bit, but we finally see things from their side. Yeah. Maybe an accelerated viewpoint. Yeah. But something to find out, you know, what was Talia's life story, or how does this play into her life story, even if we don't get all of it? Mm-hmm. You know? Um... We get a little bit in the finale when we get uh, uh, Nissa and Talia. Oh, they're they're sisters. They don't get along. You know, uh, Nissa feels like she was abandoned. A few things like that. I was gonna say we had a more reason for Nissa to have gone down a bad path based on what little exchange we had but between them. I think them. we got more backstory for Talia from Nissa than we'd gotten the rest of the season. We did. It was it was too little, too late. Yeah. Which is a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I've said this with, with, with Flash as well, I don't think this was the best season for the show. Yeah. I don't think it was the worst, necessarily. But in part of it, with five seasons, there's a lot to choose from. Well, and this season, to me, didn't feel like it covered as much story ground. I would agree with that, because there were always, you know, who is Prometheus and, and what's going on there. They need to find a better way to balance having a large arc and having both a sense of progression and um, episodic. Yeah, I mean, they've I've, got a lot of episodic stuff, don't get me wrong. I felt like we did a, a fair amount of treading water. I thought we did some really interesting things, like Ollie going up as mayor in front of the press conference and having to decide, do I throw the green arrow under the bus? There was a lot of fun stuff they did with him as mayor. That worked. Yeah. Worked surprisingly well. Yeah, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about a TV show having a billionaire in a political role, but they pulled it off. It's what he did with his knights that mattered as Green Arrow. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, they could have gone too ripped from the headlines, for my comfort, they and they did They absolutely could, and they did a good job of the press uh, pushing for answers and mm-hmm. him giving and not giving and, and having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I also liked uh, the episode they did with gun control. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, I've got somebody very pro-gun ownership. By, he's helping write this. In other words, he's got his political opponent's viewpoint in mind and is trying to come up with something that's an actual compromise. Yeah. Something yeah. our politicians could probably learn from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's what is the goal here and why? And then how can we make sure, not that everybody is perfectly happy, but everybody is acceptably happy. Yeah. You know, because again, there's got to be compromises in those things. And I felt they, they dealt with those sorts of issues uh, a bit more than I had expected. Well, and I liked when we were in the mayor's office and Renee especially would just stand up to him. Yeah. The fact that we had some characters saying, no, you're wrong on this. Yeah. And Oliver having to pick what fights does he do as mayor and what does he do as the arrow. Or mm-hmm. green arrow. Well, and that was really fascinating to watch him say, you know, I want to come out of the shadows. I want to do more in the light. But trying to figure out what can be accomplished through the system. Mm-hmm. What can be accomplished by the police. Well, and trying to be that rallying point as the mayor mm-hmm. uh, was a definite growth moment for, for the character. Yeah. And one that makes this show a bit more unique than both the other comic book-based shows out there. And kind of that theoretical, well, what if this had been Batman? Mm, yeah. Because Bruce Wayne can be a figure in the community, but he would never be mayor. Interesting point, yeah. Whereas in the comics, Oliver has been mayor. 
So they're drawing a lot from the comics uh, in good ways, adapting where they they can and they have to, pulling not just from the Green Arrow stuff, but heavily from the Batman mythos, heavily from the Titans uh, mythology, uh, a bit here and there from the Justice League. Um, I'd kind of like to see them borrow perhaps a little more from the Justice Society, uh, particularly in terms of pulling in a couple of, of villains and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have at one point gotten a little bit of the Sportsmaster, but that seems like a, a villain that would be an interesting, episodic sort of a one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see these shows basically go through the roster of various villains in the DC Universe uh, and start using a bit more of them. Yeah. Some of them are just going to be one-offs. Some of them are worth recurring. Mm-hmm. Some of them are worth recurring, but maybe bounce which episode or which series they're on. Yeah, we'd gotten uh, what was it the uh, the teleporter or whatever on uh, Flash Peekaboo. Mm, yes, fascinating villain for Green Arrow. Yeah, he can shoot, but by the time the arrow gets there, she's not sort of thing. Yeah, you know, change it up a little bit there. Mm-hmm. You know, have some of the characters say, "Well, Central City's too hot. I'm going to go a city over." Oh, here's Star City. Yeah. Well, maybe that wasn't the right choice. Well, by the same token, I was surprised when Slade came back. I was surprised by that. They brought a lot of people back in the finale. Um, I was as surprised that we got uh, Captain Boomerang. Yeah. You know, it was not... He was never called that by name, which surprised me. Uh, but when they pulled out the, the boomerangs, which they frankly did not use that well. Yeah. We'd gotten the one that he'd thrown uh, by Malcolm or whatever, and mm-hmm. that was about it. So they were trying to tie off some loose ends. I think the Suicide Squad movie curtailed the use of many of the characters. Yeah, which was interesting. Uh, we'd seen that in the IMDb uh, uh, trivia page, and certainly we'd seen that just over the course of, of the latest seasons. Yeah. You know, they'd had a lot of those characters getting built up. At one point it looked like, well, actually, one of the conventions we went to, Stephen Amell was saying, hey- do them as a miniseries or something for a few episodes. Yeah. Uh, certainly that would be fun. I encourage them to find uh, characters that could be spun out into other shows. Not to say other ongoing shows, but if you could get to where the CW had like a movie night. Yeah. And once a month or something, it's okay, let's go do an, a two-hour movie on this character or something. Yeah. Um, they could really test the waters on a lot of stuff. Um, and I'd like to see some of the characters from past seasons come back. Mm-hmm. Don't know that we'll ever see Constantine again, but we've got Vixen, we've got uh, uh, Arsenal or Red Arrow, we've got uh, probably a few others they could back. Yeah. Well, moving forward, we're not bound, if you will, by the need for the flashbacks, because we've come current. Mm-hmm. Uh, we either pick up on the heels of this episode, or we pick up a few months later with everyone recovering, is my theory. I'm yeah, I can go either way on that. I kind of think they're going to have to jump a little bit forward uh, and just tell us through. First episode should have a flashback as to the highlights of what happened. Mm-hmm. Oliver's got a little explaining to do to his son. Oh, yeah. He's got quite a bit. I would be tempted if, if I were in charge of the show to at least consider a flash forward approach. And that's the other thing is they could move, say, two years forward and the flashback scenes could be. What happened here? No, I would not do that. I would do, and maybe not actual literal flash forwards, but maybe Oliver of the future is narrating the events of the present. Mm. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I didn't know this at the time, but. Yeah. Or just ditch him entirely and just go with, with straight narrative. Yeah. Well, and the other possible arc that can be running as kind of a side project, if you will, sounds like the search for Slade's son. Oh, yeah, I expect that to come back next season, uh, particularly when the son was named yeah. Joe. Uh, in the comics, um, this is actually part of a, a current-ish storyline, a recent storyline, in Deathstroke, Teen Titans, and Titans, uh, Lazarus Contract, which is a reference back to the Judas Contract. Anyways, uh, Slade Wilson had three kids, Grant, Joe, and Rose. Uh, Grant became Ravager, uh, who was an assassin. Uh, who winds up getting killed by the powers he had. Uh, Joe um, becomes the new Teen Titan known as Jericho, who's got metahuman abilities, uh, does eye contact, and can kind of uh, take over your body and just enter you, if you will. No, thank you. Body hopping thing. 
it was a surprisingly interesting character. He was a bit of a pacifist. So he was a not a spy, but able to do that kind of infiltration sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then the Rose character, the daughter, uh, when we had Summer Glau a few seasons back, mm-hmm. that Ravager character uh, is more or less what she was. Oh, okay. She had taken over from Grant's uh, position. And I'm trying to remember if we'd gotten Grant in the Arrowverse before or not. We'd gotten Wintergreen, kind of the Alfred, if you will, for, for Deathstroke. Uh, but to have Joe kind of uh, put out there, mm-hmm. that could be another character that's a hero. Yeah. Now, in the comics currently, they've completely changed up the character. He's got a power suit. He can fly. He's got, instead of being mute, a you know, voice kind of modulator thing through mm-hmm. a phone. It completely different character. Uh, not so much to my liking. Um, but I expect uh, something to come of all of that. Yeah. No, they had a couple of things they were planting as seeds for the future, and it, again, a lot of that they're they're pulling on the uh, the Titans corner of the mythology. Well, and they were definitely doing some reaction shots on Slade as he was seeing how tortured Oliver was by Chase refusing to reveal where his son was, mm-hmm. and it was very much a you know we bonded on this island once before, and it looks like it's happening again. Well, and it may be that uh, given the cliffhanger kind of they had for a lot of characters, Slade could be instrumental in how characters survive or don't. Yeah. Um, so definitely this season ended on a uh, a contract negotiation uh, precipice for a lot of- It did. Of actors and, and actresses. It did. Now, who are you uh, most and least worried about in negotiations? I mean, John Barrowman seemed to be in the worst negotiations point. I don't think he's angling for negotiations. I think if he wants out at this point, he's got a clean exit. Mm-hmm. And he's certainly, uh, having been on the show as long as he had, I think at a point where if he wants to move on and do other things, uh, by all means. Uh, I enjoyed him both here and on the Doctor Who and Torchwood stuff. Yeah. Wherever he goes next, he'll do fine. Yeah. I would like to see him guest star on uh, the revival of Will and Grace. Oh, yeah. He was apparently up for the role of Will. <laughs> did not get it. Not gay enough. Oh, poor guy. Uh, and was uh, the, the person who gets the lead role a uh, straight actor. Yeah, of course. I think that kind of eats at him a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, Barrowman's just a terrifically talented actor. Yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of that, including in the musical, uh, episode of, of Flash and, and Supergirl. Yeah. Um, that, you know, whatever he wants to do, he's fine. He's also got a lot of writing projects and other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's, uh, and I don't think there's much more they need to do with him. I was going to say story wise, I really think they've covered the ground with him. I would like to see him come back on occasion. Mm-hmm. But if they do, I would go with kind of that Earth 2 version. Here's the heroic one. That would be fascinating. I'd love to see, yeah, the Earth 2 or the Earth 3 or some other Earths. Yeah. Malcolm. Yeah. Um, I would almost be tempted to uh, bring him and have him be an older version even. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I think the ones they kind of have to bring back are uh, certainly Felicity. I expect most of them are going to survive. What about William's mother? Um, I hate to call her the red shirt of the scene, but... Oh, she'll come back. I don't see William as being a uh, a regular cast member. Neither do I. So the mom has to survive. Oh, okay. I see. Um, I expect most of them to survive, to be honest. Yeah, I had a feeling they were scooting off to the Argus uh, supply ship. I don't think they went there. I think they went somewhere else that uh, Slade realized they're in trouble, they need somewhere safe to be, oh, the whole place has got bombs, this is where we're going to go. The Amazo? Quite possibly. I mean, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Hopefully it'll be somewhere that they have set up in the past five seasons. Yeah. But I'm not even confident of that. Well, given the monastery, I don't blame you. It could be back to the caves uh, at one point, or I don't know. Well, I was thinking the Amazo might be far enough offshore, because it's out in the middle of that lagoon, that the explosions might not shake it up or damage it further than it already is. I don't think they would have time to get there. Hmm. Okay. Um, I expect uh, that, be it in real time or flashback, we get uh, started next season, 
the entire island continuing to blow up, this cloud of smoke. Ollie's wondering what happened, and it just looks like the whole thing is, is rubble. He gets back. He doesn't look like he finds anything. Uh, he and William are like, well, we've, we've looked. We've got to get going. They get back to the boat. The radio kicks on. Then they finally hear, when they're almost out of radio range, Felicity's voice or some such turn around and get the miraculous story of how they survived. Yeah, yeah. Or Ollie goes out, comes back with more stuff to go search, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I, we just got this Black Canary, so killing her off is too soon. Quentin, most likely to be the expendable, or most likely to say, thanks, I survived. I never want to see any of you ever again. Well, Evelyn, I don't think, survived. She was certainly in the worst position, because she was still hanging in the cage, wasn't she? She was, all alone, locked in there. I think that makes her a sure end to survive. Because what better way for her to come back middle of next season vowing for revenge? You left me to die. You said you'd probably come back. Yes. To which Ollie would say, you said I'd be dead. (laughs) We were both wrong. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how they're going to get out of that. And it's one of those that I'm probably not going to spend too many cycles worrying about it. No, you're right. They'll do what they do. Um, I prefer when they get to a nice pausing point in the action where there's a sense of we've resolved the immediate things there's going to be more problems tomorrow but we'll deal with them tomorrow well my theory is uh talia had to have a plan for getting off seems like she has to have known chase was prepared to kill himself to kill ollie well i want to know who thought it'd be a good idea to go take the enemy's plane and fly off after theirs had been destroyed and the plane they were going to they flew in on got destroyed by an rpg yeah so, when we already know there's another RPG, because Ali brought one. Yeah. So, flying off the island usually doesn't work. Yeah. Well, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. If the show had ended after five seasons, I think I'd have been okay. I'm glad it's continuing. Yeah. I think uh, it's a good show. It's well done. It's the uh, current anchor mm-hmm. of this. When the show does end, it would not bother me if one or two of the characters decide to move to other shows, mm-hmm. or at least show up uh, occasionally there. I'm thinking specifically Felicity would be an interesting guest star over on The Flash for a bit. Yeah, definitely. But I think a lot of what makes this show work is Stephen Amell, not just the actor in the show, but the champion he is for the shows. Yeah. The seeing him on stage at a couple of conventions, the guy really knows how to work a crowd, mm-hmm. um, is really uh, helping the show succeed in mm-hmm. that respect. One of the things I watched, uh, and I meant to show to you before we recorded this, was he was on- um, American Ninja Warriors? American Ninja Warriors. I saw the teaser video where they show like the first, I don't know, third or something of the course- and what cracked me up was the commentator saying, he's making it look easy. Listening to the commentators was kind of funny. Apparently, uh, one of the other guys who may have just done the thing literally right before him, he's like an Olympic athlete. Oh, how funny. So here's a guy posing as a superhero on a TV show. But again, it's it's on YouTube. I saw it on CBR. It's it's on the net. It's, it's findable. Mm-hmm. And it was all raising money for charity. Yeah, it was raising money for charity. He's going through, and I haven't watched American Ninja Warriors, if ever, but if it's so, it was ages ago. But they've got kind of their- uh, uh, Obstacle course. Well, the obstacle course, but the girl on the course guiding mm. him through. Yes. So he'd had a time to do maybe a run through. He hadn't specifically trained for this, but I think he'd had a chance to try it out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, here's the next part. And just kind of reminding him and, and whatnot. And she'd climb down, go to the next part and do that. So he goes through the whole thing- uh, with really no particular problems. But if you've watched Arrow, you're like, well, yeah, I don't think he would. Well, one of the uh, captions I saw to the video was he even stops to pump up the crowd between the little exercise Oh, things. he was definitely playing to the crowd. What I loved the most is he gets through the entire obstacle course, uh-huh. uh, is there, and they're like, hey, you did a great job or whatever. He's like, this is for charity, right? Well, yeah. So if I do another one, and they're like, yeah, that'll raise another X thousand dollars or whatever. Nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. Because the next one uh-huh. involved the salmon ladder. Oh, nice. And he goes over there. He 
just goes up the thing like we've seen him do season after season after season. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay. And they're like, yep, he raised another X thousands of dollars. And then there's the next obstacle. And the next one was, was pretty, you know, uh, I'm not going to say more challenging than any of the others. I mean, he aced everything he'd done. But he'd gotten to the point where it's one of those go through this kind of a thing over a pool of water. Mm. He gets a little ways into it. And he is there hanging from these things. Oh, the round swinging No, things? he'd already done oh, the round okay. swinging things. Okay, because those were pretty funky looking. This was something that had... Like two moving parts that had pegs that you've got to crawl down and then jump to the other moving thing and go down or something. Oh, God. But he gets onto the one. He's doing it. And he's he's hanging there. Thanks the crowd <laughs> for being there, for, for doing all of this, whatever, saying the show's about to end. You know? Basically, kind of, he probably could have done it if he'd really wanted to and had to. Uh-huh. But it's like he'd proven, not proven what he, he'd done what he needed to do. Uh-huh. Did the salmon ladder, because again, the crowd kind of wanted that. And then just releases, goes down, splashes into the pool or whatever. How funny. And just kind of, you know, I'm not here to show off. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And he did it in a I'm not here to show off kind of a vibe. At least that's what I took out of it. Yeah. Yeah. He was there to have fun. Was he had what I fun. Got out of all of it. He gave the extra bonus to the, the, the charity, did the salmon ladder again, as much for the fans as anything else. Mm-hmm. Started the next one and said, you know what? You know, this, again, did what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. But he is such a good cheerleader, not yeah. just for his show, but the way he came out in support of Grant Gustin, who had just, when The Flash started, done insane numbers and ratings. Yeah. And the response from Time Warner was to announce who was going to play his character in the movies. Yeah. It's like, that's not cool, guys. Yeah. And to to really be pulling together uh, these actors and these shows... Um, he's as much of a face of them and seems to be a, a cheerleader for them as I would say, or more than potentially Greg Berlanti, who's actually the showrunner and, and executive producer on a lot of these things. Yeah. So I think they got really lucky in casting somebody who really um, enjoys the position he's in mm-hmm. and takes that kind of responsibility in that position seriously. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to... A sixth season of Arrow, another season of Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. Very curious how they bring in uh, Black Lightning into the mix. Uh, I've seen the trailer for that. It looks fun. It looks amazing. And it looks like it could be something that would be a very interesting crossover with uh, with the other shows. Very cool. You know, the whole lightning aspect with Flash, the urban vigilante thing with, uh, with Arrow, Lester, how it would mix with the other two. But I like how they're um, they're rounding out kind of more of the DC universe. Yeah. You know, and it, that brings to mind a couple other characters they could be pulling in, other members of the Outsiders. Hmm. Metamorpho, they've hinted at uh, Stag Industries being in this world, so they could definitely do that. Um, Geoforce uh, with Markovia and whatnot. Um, so again, a lot of stuff they could do. They're doing a great job, and uh, I, I want to see them continue with it. Yeah, I agree. So anything else? Does that pretty much do it? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.